In the name of Jesus, we come before you with grateful hearts. We thank you, Lord God, that you are the most high God. You are the possessor of heaven and earth. And you are the deliverer from all of our enemies. We declare complete redemption over our entire lives. And as we look into the law of liberty, we believe that we receive windows of light. Eyes of our understanding flooded with light. Lord God, in our hearts to be strengthened as we grow stronger and stronger day by day in you. We glorify you. We give you praise in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. amen. You may be seated. Praise God. So we're in our, on our series called Stronger. Some of the things we've looked at that will make us stronger is having the right diet. Both naturally and spiritually. Today, we are gathered together and we are going to be nourished up in the words of faith. Last week, we talked about the importance of acting on God's word. For the scripture says, but be doers of the word and not hearers only. If you hear the word and do the word, you are blessed in your doing. Amen? So we're not here about just gathering information. How many of you believe you receive revelation? And we understand that meditation in the Word of God is a major key to entering into Revelation. Say with me, God's Word is first place in my life. And so we know that the Word of God is able to build you up and to give you an inheritance. Some of the things from Psalms 19, so rich. His Word is more desirable than your necessary food. It is more desirable than silver or gold. It is sweeter than honey or the honeycomb. His word is forever settled in heaven. It rejoices the heart. It enlightens the eyes. It lights our paths. It warns us, heals us, directs us, and makes us wiser than our enemies. Nothing is more important than hearing and obeying God's word. Now, you can... Feed on the Word, you can act on the Word, and you can even rest in the Lord. But if you don't plug up those drains that have the tendency to deplete you of your spiritual energy, your life will not be strong in Christ. And that's what I want to talk to you about this morning, is Operation Elimination. We need to eliminate some things in our lives. Otherwise, it's kind of like trying to fill a gas tank with a hole in it. Or fill a bathtub without plugging the drain. I mean, the water's running and it's coming out as quickly as it's going in. So we're going to look at a couple of things that eliminate and drain us of spiritual energy. One thing for sure that will do that is strife and unforgiveness. It is not a good thing to hold on to bitterness. It's not a good thing to go through life bitter. As a matter of fact, a bitter spirit opens up the door for defilement in our lives. You're a whole lot better off if you will just forgive and let go of those things that people have done you wrong in. Letting go is the will of God for you. So don't let unforgiveness bring you down. Unforgiveness will drain you. It will deplete you of spiritual energy. You will not get strong in the Lord when you have an unforgiving heart. And not only that, but faith will not work in an unforgiving heart. You know, in Mark 11, verse 23 and 24, he talks about the inevitable law of faith. 
And then after that, in verse 25, he says, and forgive if you have aught against any. So faith will not work in an unforgiving heart. If there is unforgiveness in our lives, it stops the power of God from working in our lives. So I just want to exhort you today, if you need to let something go, if you need to forgive somebody, do it before you leave this building today. You can do it it during the communion time at the end of this service. But the main thing I want to talk to you about this morning is this. To grow strong in our spirit and in the power of His might, we must eliminate all fear and all fretting. If we're going to live a victorious life, we must eliminate every ounce of fear that comes our way. See, the stronger you are in your spirit, the more fear-free you are going to live. Now look with me in 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 7. 2 Timothy, the first chapter in the seventh verse. Notice this verse. It says, for God has not given us the spirit of fear. So the spirit of fear comes from the enemy, who is the adversary of our soul. God does not deal in fear. God deals in faith. And God did not give you the spirit of fear when you got born again. But here's what he gave you. He gave you a spirit of power and a love and of a sound mind. You see, if we tolerate fear on any level, it will absolutely contaminate our faith. For fear gives the enemy access into our lives. But faith gives God access into our lives. So to be fearful then is to be panicked, it's to be worried... It's to be full of anxiety. You know, you can't be fearful and full of faith at the same time. Now, one of the greatest deceptions in the body of Christ is this. Many people think that fear is natural to the born-again believer. I'm here to tell you, it is not natural to the born-again believer. What is natural to the born-again believer is love and of a sound mind and the joy of the Lord. Now look with me in Romans chapter 8 and verse 15. Romans chapter 8 and verse 15. It says right here, For you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear. So if a person allows fear into their lives, whether you're saved or whether you're unsaved, if there's fear in a person's life, you just know that there's some sort of bondage taking place. But we didn't receive the spirit of bondage again to fear. But here's what you've received. And here's what I've received. We have received the spirit of adoption. The spirit of adoption is the Holy Spirit. It is the spirit of God. This spirit of adoption who lives on the inside of us is crying out, Abba, Father, or Daddy, Daddy. Amen. Now, I've discovered this, that the opposite of bondage is liberty. It is liberty. The Spirit of God inside you will liberate you from the bondage of fear. In 2 Corinthians, the third chapter, notice with me in verse 17, it says, Now the Lord is that Spirit. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, say this with me, the Spirit of the Lord is in me on me and all around me. 
where the Spirit of the Lord is, what is there? There is liberty. And what does liberty mean? Liberty means emancipation, freedom, deliverance from every form of bondage, complete and total freedom. Oh, when the Holy Ghost came on the inside of you, He didn't come to put you in bondage. He didn't come to tie you up. He came to loose you and to set you free. Emancipation. Total freedom from any kind of bondage. Amen. I like that, don't you? So, when He comes and when He gives us the spirit of faith, then we could say that we have freedom from all fear in all of its forms. Now, one of the greatest fears that people yield to is the fear of death. Fear has its root in the fear of death. Now, in Hebrews chapter 2 and verse 14 and verse 15, notice with me, it says, For as much... Then, as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also likewise took part of the same, that through death he might destroy him that had the power of death, that is the devil. Did Jesus not deliver us from the power of death? Did Jesus not go into the bowels of the earth and destroy the works of the devil on our behalf? Come on, somebody. And did he not raise from the dead and took the keys of hell and death? I mean, Satan is so defeated, he doesn't even have the keys to his own place anymore. Amen. That through death he might destroy him that had the power of death. That is the devil. Now notice verse 15. And deliver them. That's you. And that's me. And deliver us who through fear of death. We're all of our lifetime subject to bondage. No more bondage for you. No more bondage for me. For we have been set free by the Spirit of God. We have been brought into liberty by the Spirit of the living God. No more fear of death. That means you can get up in a jet and fly 35,000 above. Amen. And soar with eagles. Glory to God. That means you can rejoice in the Lord your God and enjoy life and not be looking over your shoulder wondering what's going to happen. Wonder what kind of bad thing could happen to me today. Thank God we're free. Free from fear in all of its forms. Free from the fear of failure. I said, free from the foul fear of failure. I'm not looking at any failures in this house. I'm looking at more than conquerors in this place. I'm looking at heads and not the tails. I'm looking at people that are above and not beneath. I'm looking at folks who are more than conquerors. Free from the fear of failure. Free from the fear of rejection. You are not the rejected You are the accepted in Christ Jesus. You are the accepted in the beloved. And how about this one? You and I are free from the fear of the future. It is absolutely never ever safe to look into the future with eyes of fear. And some of you need to stop it already trying to be a time traveler. 
Looking at the future. What about the future? What does the future hold? Oh, I wonder, wonder, wonder. No. Live in the moment. Live in faith. For now faith is the substance of things hoped for. Amen. Dr. Jones said it this way. He said, I'm inwardly fashioned for faith, not for fear. He says, fear is not my native land. Faith is. He says, I am so made that worry and anxiety are like sand in the machinery of life. But faith is the oil. He said, I live better by faith and confidence than I do by fear. Doubt and anxiety. He says, in anxiety and worry, my being is gasping for breath. These are not my native air. But in truth and in confidence and in faith, I breathe freely. These are my native air. Woo, hallelujah. I want you to know today that you're in an atmosphere of faith. The spirit of faith is in this place. Everybody just take a deep breath in. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And so here's what fear does. Fear makes mountains out of mohills. Fear makes much ado about nothing. It absolutely does. Fear makes ado about anything and everything in a person's life. But fear is not, it is not rational. And it is not based on fact. You know, the word ado means commotion, it means clamor, and it means uproar. You see, fear and worry work together to deceive by appearances. Joyce Meyer said this of the word fear. She said that fear is false evidence appearing real. Never take counsel from your fear or from fear. And then never... Expose yourself to an unbeliever who's trying to give you counsel. Because the counsel of the ungodly can bring a snare into our lives. You need to understand that people either are motivated and living and operating by faith, or they're living and operating under the world system, which is fear. So we need to be very careful where we get our counsel from. Because much of the counsel that we get is from the spirit of this world, backed up by the spirit of fear. Oh, thank God. But there is counsel in God. There is counsel in the Word of God. Now, don't misunderstand me. Being a believer doesn't mean that you don't ever feel afraid. It doesn't mean that you never feel uncertain. But when fear threatens you, you can declare what David said. When I am afraid, I will trust in you. In other words, when fear knocks on the door of my life, I'm going to put my trust in you. Now, the truth is this, is we can either talk devil talk or we can talk God talk. Devil talk brings the devil on the scene, but somebody say God talks. It brings God on the scene. So there's always going to be some things that will try to pull you out of the arena of faith, attack you, and pull you out of faith into fear. But confessing God's Word, saying what God's Word says about your situation, will keep you free from the enemy's lies. I hear the Spirit of God saying it's time to speak victory and not defeat. 
So he says, well, we're in a fight. Yes, we are in a fight. But the good news, we're in a good fight. And how many of you know a good fight is a fight that you win? Look over at 1 Timothy chapter 6. And notice with me in verse 12. 1 Timothy, the 6th chapter and the 12th verse. It says over here, fight, doesn't say your neighbor. Doesn't say the government. The Democrats or the Republicans or the independents. It doesn't say about fighting flesh and blood, does it? You don't read that in there, do you? But there is a fight. And the fight that we fight is the good fight of faith. 1 Timothy 6.12 says, Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life. Whereunto you have been called and you have professed a good profession before many witnesses. Oh, glory to God. I like it. Part of fighting the good fight of faith is doing what 2 Corinthians 5, 7 tells us to do. If you're looking at that verse, you see in 2 Corinthians 5, 7, where it says, For we walk by faith and not by sight. For I walk by faith and not by sight. For we who are born of God walk in faith and not by sight. That means this is that we cannot live and regulate our lives by our five senses. When you're not walking by sight, that means you're not walking by what you see. You're not walking by what you hear. You're not walking by what you taste, you smell, or you touch. You see, the enemy's plan, his ploy, is to deceive us but trying to get us To consider what only our five senses tell us. But oh, thank God, when you get born again, you've got a sixth sense. And you know what that sixth sense is? That sixth sense is faith. Amen. Faith will trump your feelings. Faith will trump what you see. Faith will trump what you taste. Amen. Notice with me. It is the victory that overcomes each and every fear. Say it with me, God didn't give me a spirit of fear, but a power and a love and a sound mind. So here's what faith does. Faith fights fear and wins. Faith fights feelings and wins. Now much of the fear and the anxiety that people go through today They say that 45% of the fears that people yield to come as a result of what they're thinking about. And not only that, the next thing is what they're talking about. In other words, what we think about and what we talk about will either open up a door to the enemy or it will open up the door to God. Amen? It is extremely important what we think on and what we think about during the course of the day. Stop sometimes and just ask yourself, why am I thinking those thoughts? I'll tell you why you're thinking those thoughts is because the God of this world is bringing those thoughts. 
See, he wants to get access into your soul, into your mind, your will, and your emotions. So what he does is he brings all sorts of crazy imaginations. He brings all sorts of crazy suggestions. And oftentimes, people feel guilty about those images and those suggestions. And they think, oh, I must not be a Christian. Those thoughts, oh, how could I ever have those thoughts? They're not your thoughts. I said, they're not your thoughts. Those are thoughts coming from the pit of hell designed to pull you down and pull you out of the arena of faith into the arena of fear. But God has given us the word of the Lord whereby we can take authority over every stinking thought that the enemy brings our way. Glory to God. Look with me at 2 Corinthians chapter 10. And notice with me in verse 3 through 5. 2 Corinthians chapter 10. In verses 3 through 5. In verse 3 it says... Uh, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. Remember this? Our battle's not with flesh and blood. Right? But there is a battle. And there is a fight. And we must enter into that arena whereby we can fight the good fight of faith and win when those attacks come. Notice with me now in verse 4. For the weapons of our warfare... They're not carnal. The weapons of your warfare are not fleshy. But the weapons of your warfare are mighty through God for what? For the pulling down of strongholds. Listen, friends, we are either pulling strongholds down or strongholds are pulling us down. Amen. And that's why you see a lot of sad Christians is because they've been listening too much to the lies of the enemy. I believe that we have the ability to replace the lies of the enemy with the truth of God's word. And if we'll spend more time in the truth of God's word than listening to the lies of the enemy, you'll get so full of God's word that it will displace the fear that's coming against your soul. Amen. So we've got weapons. I said we've got weapons. We've got the name of Jesus. We've got the word of God. We've got the, oh, glory to God. We've got the blood of the Lamb. And these weapons are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Now notice the next verse. It says, casting down those stupid images. Cast that image of suicide down. That's not your thought. It's the devil's thought. Cast that imagination of failure down. That's not your thought. That's the enemy's thought. Cast that imagination of dying prematurely down. That's not your thought. That's the enemy's thought. We need to put a bouncer at the door of our soul. And if it doesn't line up with the word of God, we need to cast it out. We need to pull it down. And we need to take our place. Woo! Glory. Cast down those images. Cast that down. That's not coming from God. You're not a failure. Glory to God. Cast that imagination down of you dying young. You're going to live long. You're going to live strong. You're going to get stronger and stronger day by day. 
cast that imagination down if people don't like you and people are talking about you. That's a lie from the pit of hell. Like Medea says, the devil is a liar. He is a liar. And for every lie he's got, at the other end of those lies is the truth. And the truth of God's word will set you free. I'm not buying into those images. I'm not buying into that image that I had to die a heroin addict. I didn't buy into that image that I had to die young because I abused my body. I bought into the image of Christ in me, the hope of glory, the one who raised from the dead and quickens more mortal body every day of my life. Woo! Glory to God. Don't buy into that image that you came from a loser family. You're now in a new family. You're in the family of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Those images deserve one thing. They deserve to be cast out. Those images need to, those images deserve to be pulled down. Casting down. Everyone go like this. Shut them down. That's right. Just shut them down. Shut the door on those thoughts. Stop giving the devil any place. Casting down. Casting down. Casting down. Casting down. That's where the devil is. He's down. That's where the devil is. He's under. He's under your feet. Amen. Casting down. Imaginations. And every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God or the word of God. Anything that doesn't line up with this word, get rid of it. Cast it down. Pull it down. And bring into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. We can think the thoughts of God. It'll take some training. It'll take some development. It'll take some discipline. It might mean turning the boob tube off. It might mean stop reading certain books. It may mean stop watching certain movies. It may mean a lot. But there's training. There's development for those who will open wide the city of their soul to the thoughts of God and to the word of God. And it will change your life forever. Give place. Give time to him. Behold Him as in a mirror. And you will see the glory of the Lord. And you will experience transformation and change. And you will go from strength to strength. You will go from one level of glory to the next. For the promises of God will bring you into the presence of God. And it will literally change your life forever. So 45%, they say, of what people are anxious about are about things that have never happened. They're just about things that will never happen. They're about things that are going on in their mind. And the other flip side of it is, not only do they think about those things, but they speak those things. Don't sign the package 
from the devil's delivery at your front door. Don't sign for it by speaking it. Slam the door shut. Fill yourself with the Word of God. And speak the Word of God only. For death and life, they are in the power of the tongue. Speak the promises over your soul. Say this regularly. The punishment needful to obtain peace and for well, my well-being was upon him. And with his stripes I'm healed. Say when you don't feel well in your soul, it is well with my soul. Say when it doesn't look good in your family, it is well with my family. Say when it doesn't look good in your finances, say it, declare it, it is well with my finances. Oh, somebody try this one on for size three times. It is well. It is well. It is well. It is well with my soul. Glory to God. Your refusal to fear makes you stronger. And it serves as a proof to Satan that his destruction, oh, Shandala Basaka, that his day is coming. The bottomless pit is going to open up. Glory to God. His day is coming. But you remind him every day of your life that you're going to live in the fear-free zone. You're going to live in the land of being faith-filled. It is intimidating to him when he sees you after he shot his best shot. When he sees you with your hands up. Not with your hands up and retreat, but with your hands up and praise. It intimidates him when you start dancing in the Holy Ghost. It intimidates him when you start shouting. It intimidates him when you say what God said. Woo! Glory to God. Are you getting it? Are you going to do it? Yeah. Say with me, I am a doer. Yeah. See, here's what the scripture says. And do not for a moment be frightened or intimidated in anything by your opponents or your adversary. This is Philippians chapter 1 and verse 28. For such constancy, in other words, the more committed you are to living fear-free and the more consistent you are by thinking the thoughts of God and speaking the Word of God, such constancy and fearlessness is a clear sign. It's a token to Him of His impending destruction. Come on, somebody. But a sure token or evidence of your deliverance and your salvation and that from God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. So it's time now to open the door to the Spirit of God. It's time now to close all doors. It's time now to think the thoughts of God. It's time now for Isaiah 26.3 that He will keep you in perfect peace. He will get you to a place where there's nothing broken or nothing missing in your life if you will keep your heart and your mind stayed on Him. I asked a good friend of mine years ago because he is a man of God that waits on the Lord and knows how to wait on the Lord. And I asked him, what do you do when you wait upon the Lord? And his answer was simple. He says, I simply behold Him. I simply behold Jesus. 
And when you behold Jesus, you will see that he is high and lifted up and that his train fills the temple. When you behold Jesus, you will see that he's your savior, your healer, your peace giver, your joy filler. Come on, somebody. When you behold Jesus, everything else becomes at a minimum compared to him. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. And let us exalt the master together. You all know the story of Job. We know that Job experienced great tragedy in his life. He was ripped off by the enemy. He was absolutely experiencing tragedy upon tragedy. And in Job 3 verse 25, it gives us insight to what opened the door for the path of the destroyer to come into Job's life. In Job 3.25, it says this. Read it with me. You Go ahead and read. So did he open the door? Fear opened the door. There's an old Moorish proverb that says this. He who is afraid of a thing gives it power over him. Here's what Job was saying. What I dreaded came on me. The word dread means to anticipate or to expect with great apprehension or fear. To anticipate means to imagine or to expect that something bad will happen. You see, when someone greatly fears, means that they are expecting the worst. Faith expects the best. Fear expects the worst. Just like faith gives God a legal right to move into the earth on your behalf, fear gives the enemy a legal right to move against you. But I'm persuaded of this bunch here today before that we get ready to receive communion, that we're making adjustments in our heart. And we're going to get rid of that expectation of dread. The world is full of dread. The world is full of doubt and unbelief. But you and I, we're not of this world. We're living in this world, but we're not of this world. And greater is He that is in you than he that is in the world. Somebody shout for about 10 seconds. You can do better than that. Come on, somebody shout. Woo, glory to God. So expect the best. Monday morning, expect the best. Expect favor to come your way every day expect God to act expect God to do for you what you could never do in your own strength or your own might stand up everybody let's rejoice in the Lord our God Amen